hello there everybody welcome to twitch.tv slash jchenzor the chenzor Chen dynasty over here it's been a while <laughs> it's been a while uh did not stream pretty much at all last week uh kind of just uh avoided streaming in twitter i'm not twitter but uh just avoided streaming in general it's kind of a rough week last week, um, so. <clears throat> but I think it's uh, I think it's finally time to come back here and actually do some streaming, and uh, see if I can get some, uh, you know, get back into the swing of things, get back into the habit of, and the time and streaming and everything like that. But yeah, like I said, last week was not a fun period of time. Um, a lot of crazy drama, and um, I just felt like uh, uh, streaming might have been a mistake uh, last week because I feel like, um, yeah, uh, just it just wasn't a good time. <laughs> it just wasn't a good time. Let's just put it that way. Uh, was a very very um, interesting situation. <laughs> Uh, thank you, Natacon, for the subscription. Sigma nuts, cat butts is the phrase here. I do have new emotes now. Thank you to um, <laughs> thank you to Wavechan, aka uh, Irene, one of the top uh, MVCI players currently. So it has now completed over here. Uh, I now have the entire uh, <laughs> phrase in PG form over here. Sigma, nuts, cat butts. Uh, I have not talked about that naughty senpai. I don't think Strive sucks that badly. It definitely needs a lot of help. <clears throat> uh, I think that's a little too harsh. <laughs> Uh, it's actually in a very good spot. It just needs a lot more improvement and it needs a lot more work on becoming a core, um, having a core vision uh, about it. And you know one of the things that I should do? I should sit down and actually see if I can figure out how to use that, um, that, uh, that uh, NVIDIA thing that makes it so that you, you can enable that one voice thing so that you don't hear all the background noise. Because I have a lot of background noise. You hear the motorcycles and stuff. I could have the fan on and during the summer I could have the air conditioner on and it probably wouldn't be that super loud. I gotta figure out how to set that up because I think that would be really, really nice. Um... Oh, do I? You you have to have. Oh, it's not a software thing, huh? It's it has to be a specific video card. It has to be a specific video card, huh? Ah, okay, okay. That I was not aware of. I haven't looked into it. <clears throat> I like the sounds of button mashing too. I I think if I, um. <clears throat> I think if I uh, played games online, I wouldn't turn it on. Um, 
Yeah, don't worry. We'll definitely get... Uh... <coughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, we'll get into Strive. We'll get into Strive. And again, you know, the beta is obviously a problem, but you can't be mad uh, at that, you know, just directly like that. Just be so mad at it for having these beta problems. You can't be mad at the game for that kind of situation. So, yeah, I have a super, I mean, again, everybody knows I have super old video cards here. Um, I have uh, an NVIDIA GeForce GTX 970, which was uh, <coughs> donated to me by uh, Hanzo Gonzo. So I have that, uh, but that's the best I've got is a GTX 970. So I don't know if it'll actually work. Yeah, you know what the funny thing is, James the Powerhead? Um, I like the sound of, you know, buttons and joysticks and stuff like that when people are playing. But weirdly enough, if it's just a hitbox, it doesn't feel right. Like, it doesn't sound right without the... From the joystick. You know, that, that white noise stuff, if it's just buttons, it doesn't quite work uh rich evans <laughs> so i don't i don't know if that voice thing will work for my old ge force uh, uh 970 was it not 970 so i don't know if it'll actually work on that uh probably not if not then uh maybe i'll have to look for a new video card at some point uh, but to be honest with you, I just need a new computer. <laughs> uh, it's crazy because this computer is actually, like I said, when I put it together, it was great. But it's just got so many flaws in it now. I'm running a super old operating system. My US, whatever USB controller is on it is really faulty. Things just die on my, on, on my USB devices just die all of a sudden. Like when I, sometimes my, my USB external video card thing, my focus right will just die. That's why sometimes I have no audio and I have to unplug it and replug it back in. My mouse just dies on me every once in a while and I gotta walk back there and unplug it and plug it back in. I'm still on Windows 7, yes. Um, so. <laughs> the joy of using the lever. <laughs> It's funny. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just there's just something about the sound of that mixed with the buttons. Because the buttons is a very sharp noise. The joystick is a very dull noise. So when you combine those together, you create a nice balance of... You create an audio balance, a symphony of... doing sports nice <laughs> but I mean if it's just it's too consistent of a noise but when you hear it sounds so much better to have that thuddiness of the joystick in there uh, that's good uh, bubble guy Jin if you need more tips on the joystick I mean I have a lot of tips on the joystick because um, I've used pad, I've used joysticks, and I understand where a lot of the, um, I understand where a lot of the pitfalls come from, from former pad players, 
trying to go joystick. You know, a couple of things like uh, not actually, <clears throat> don't ever like hold the joystick and guide the joystick with your hand. Your hand should be floating around the joystick or very loosely gripping it. You should always be uh, like barely gripping it like this. And then uh, don't rub it on the edges to do quarter circle forwards. You wanna just move it yourself in there. Use the spring of the joystick to do most of the work. So when you do a fireball, instead of trying to roll a quarter circle, hit down and just lightly shift it to the right because the spring will pull it back up. So I'm just holding down and then I shift to holding right and it just kind of does a quarter circle forward motion for you. You know, learn to move it within the circle, within the square actually. Move it within the square yourself. You know, things like that. A lot of valuable tips for using joysticks. Uh, you don't actually want to rub it on the edges. That's not something that you want to do, which is what you do on a pad because you're used to pushing on the edges or even if you use this, you roll this and you use the circle of the, of the, of the analog to easily move over here. So you're pushing against the edges. But with a joystick, you don't need to do that. It's a very lightly using a very light grip on it, having the spring do most of the work. Like if you're actually trying to dash, for example, you don't hold the joystick and go forward, forward, like forward and then move it back to neutral and forward. You actually just tap forward, the joystick will return to the neutral and you tap forward again. So you go, ba -ba, ba -ba, ba -ba, you know, stuff like that. Um, that's kind of the idea of using a joystick in any case. <clears throat> I should probably update that thing over there to the Patreon list, I think is actually uh, out of date at this point. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> uh, do, do, do. Let's go ahead and start the Chen Dynasty, uh, Chen Reaction officially. And I'll just talk about some Guilty Gear Strive stuff. And uh, <laughs> just to give you an idea of the kind of feedback that I gave to Arxis. Uh, so um, uh, let's do this. So let me go ahead and do an official start. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Chenzord Dynasty here on Twitch.tv slash JChenzord. It's been a while, especially for the Chen reaction. Haven't done a Chen reaction in a while. Uh, Last week here in the fighting game community, there was a lot of stuff going on and uh, I just felt it was better for myself uh, to take a little bit of a break last week. So I did not stream much last week, but uh, I am back here this week and uh, we are back ready for all sorts of awesome times here for streams. And uh, to start off today, I'm going to be going back to a Chen reaction. And, uh, yeah, we just started right... Oh, look at this! The other one has started to work again. The other chat has started to work again for absolutely no reason. Hey, hey, okay. So that means I can actually take out this backup chat now. <laughs> All that work that I did for nothing. <laughs> yes, and I have chats everywhere. Okay, well... Ah! Ah! <laughs> 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 
<laughs> I am turning so red right now. <laughs> oh boy. These are the things that I tell you, man. God, they... <sighs> you want to know the kind of things that get my goat? Like, this is the kind of thing that drives me absolutely up the wall. These are the kind of things that make me punch stuff and hurt my hand punching walls. <sighs> because, God damn it, like... I went through all that trouble to set up all this stuff. I come back and then it fixes it. Good. Hello everybody, welcome to uh, Chenzor Dynasty here on twitch.tv slash, oh god damn it, I mean seriously, <laughs> oh. I'm gonna leave? And come back and it's gonna stop working it's gonna leave and come back and it's gonna stop working hello everybody <laughs> welcome to the Chenzor dynasty here on twitch.tv slash jchenzor I am your host, James J. Chenzor Chen, and it's been a while since I've had a stream, and uh, apparently my stream has forgotten how to stream, and I have been going through some technical issues, but I think I have resolved them. <laughs> I think I have resolved them, and we are now back on schedule here, and we are going to be doing the first Chen Dynasty in a while, actually, in over maybe almost two weeks. Since I've done a Chen reaction episode, uh, last week I took a break from streaming because uh, there was a lot of drama in the fighting game community and um, I just felt like it was safer to not stream last week. Uh, there was a lot of very, very heated emotions, rightfully so, rightfully so, but, um, you know, uh, definitely was caught a lot in the crossfire and just one of those things that I just uh, felt like I didn't want to have to deal with. So I am going to, um, I'm just going to start back up again this week. Uh, we should have everything back up and again later on today I'm going to be doing a OK Sonic Boomer episode which we haven't done in quite some time now. So finally we'll be getting back to that so we'll be having that podcast back Again, so if you guys are watching this on YouTube right now, you can look for the OK Sonic Boomer episode uh, a little bit later as well. So, uh, today on the Chen Reaction, uh, I want to talk a little bit about the Guilty Gear Strive beta. 
So obviously last week was uh, the post beta session and a lot of people gave their thoughts on the Guilty Gear Strive beta. Um, I uh, did not, like I said, I didn't stream last week, so I didn't really have a chance to talk about it. However, I wanted to talk about it in a very different way than a lot of other people have been talking about it. And uh, I was able to take my time, formulate a lot of my thoughts, and give Arxis a bunch of feedback in their survey. So uh, I made sure to give them all the information that I could uh, on their survey and here is uh, the top section of what did you like about Guilty Gear Strive and then the bottom section here is what did you not like about the beta and you know I definitely made sure to give them as much feedback as I possibly can and so what I'm gonna do here is I am actually gonna go over all of this stuff and just kinda talk it out let people know you know, some of the stuff, because even though it looks like it's a giant, crazy mess, the way that I've decided to approach it was very, very differently than a lot of other people. So uh, I'm going to kind of go over a lot of the things that I said, kind of reading this a little bit, trying to summarize it as much as I can. Uh, you know, I, I let them know right at the very beginning um, that, uh, you know, this is going to be lengthy and, you know, uh, my goal is not to say everything you did was bad, destroy it all. The whole goal of what I have written here was to make sure they understood that I am trying to preserve their intentions. I'm trying to preserve their intentions and find ways to improve what they've already established and what they want to establish. For example, the first thing I talked about, I went through the user experience from the beginning to the end. Um, uh, for example, the character selection screen. You know, I, I mentioned that I really liked the information provided. I liked categorizing the, categorizing the characters into uh, a bunch of different things. Uh, what is going on over here? All right. Uh, okay, we're we're done with that. Okay. Um, so uh, basically, what I um, tried to let them know was that uh, I like that. I like the idea that they're trying to do all this different categorization. However. You know, a lot of people complained about the way the character selection screen looked. Some people compared it to like something from McDonald's <laughs> or, or, or something. And uh, by the way, I have new emotes. I have completed the PG version of my uh, famous tweet here. Sigma nuts, cat butts. So I've got Sigma nuts and two cat butts over here. Uh, shout outs to uh, WaveChan, a.k.a. Irene Lee for the cat butt emotes. Uh, she is our FGC resident uh, cat artist. So she helped me craft a Nathan and a Jasmine uh, cat butt emote. So that is now the official PG version of uh, uh, my famous tweet. But again, with the character select, all I suggested was that maybe the character selection screen looked a little too stale. Perhaps maybe change it so it has more of the, you know, hard rock grunge aesthetic 
that Guilty Gear has had in the past. You know, it's definitely some one of the things that people have come to enjoy about Guilty Gear with all the metal and the chains and all this stuff like that everywhere. Uh, suggested that, you know, they try to bring back that aesthetic a little bit. Or maybe even have an option at the very top of the screen that has uh, two character select options. That if you move it to the right, it turns it to a more traditional character select without all of the tricky, without all of the, you know, ratings of how well they play from distances. Just have a standard character select. And once you change it, it saves that. And so every time you go back to the character select screen, it'll be that way. So that way you have best of both worlds as a UI designer in the past. Uh, one of the most key things was not necessarily forcing people into UIs, but giving them the choice. Let the user decide how they want it to look more so than forcing looks onto people. So if you just give them the option for both, you know, for beginners and stuff, for players uh, who want to, who appreciate that information, they can have that there and move it to the other UI for the more hardcore players. And again, like Scorpion's pupil says, you know, that the, the current screen that they have doesn't have a lot of room for characters. So it might start scrolling and stuff. And once you start doing that, then it becomes even more awkward. So by having a standard character select screen up there, you, it will also emphasize the purpose that one screen is designed for newcomers. The other screen is designed for experts. Uh, and then I went into the lobby system. Okay, so I'm just gonna read this a little bit directly here. Okay, so let's address the lobbies. Now, obviously the lobbies is one of the biggest points of contention. What I wrote is I really, really like the idea of trying to create more of a world for the online environment rather than just a bunch of cold, soulless menus. Uh, the concept of floors in a tower is a neat idea, and despite some people's protests about not being able to go down in floors, it's not that different from existing rank systems today, right? What a lot of people don't realize is that it's kind of the way it works, right? You go up on a higher floor, and then you generally only fight people at your level. At a silver, uh, When you become platinum, when you become diamond, you're not going to get matched up with a bronze player. So essentially, you can't go down and challenge them anyway. The main difference is that when no one else of your rank is online, you still have the opportunity to end up challenging some lower ranked individuals. So in Street Fighter V, in that example, you'll see a lot of people who are in Warlord ranked top 20. They'll be going up against people who are ranked top 1,000, top you know 5,000 or something like that because that's just the way that it works. The tower system in Guilty Gear does not allow for that and that's a problem. Uh, the, the, the hardest part, the thing that is most incongruent about the lobby system is that it is combining casual lobbies with a ranking system together. And that doesn't work. A ranking system is what I wrote. This is what I wrote here. Ranking systems work when you have no idea who you are going up against. The tower and the floors give the impression of a ranking system but they are more like casual lobbies at heart. If someone you play on your floor is strong or uses a character you do not like fighting, you can easily see who they use and avoid them. That belies the goal of a ranking system. 
Again, while it's more visually friendly to have floors of a tower instead of ranking titles like Warrior or Diamond or Sensei or whatever, the floor system limits you to only fighting the people on that floor and having too much control of who you will or will not fight. There is a reason most ranking systems do not show names of your opponents before you get matched to them. Otherwise, it's too easy to avoid opponents with no repercussions that way. So uh, they do need to tweak the system a lot. So rather than pulling out the weapon to challenge an opponent by standing near them, pulling out the weapon should automatically start trying to match you up with anyone else with a weapon drawn. That will also allow you to roam the area and have fun while waiting for the connection to be made. And you won't have any control over who you connect to. That also prevents the problem of everyone standing on top of each other trying to fight over whom gets the whom gets to fight whom. Uh, no, uh, Scorpion Pupil, it was actually designed what you're supposed to overlap each other. The reason why it felt like it was random, it was because the rollback netcode, sometimes the guy would be over here, some guy was over here and walked up to you on their screen, but on your screen they were far away and you didn't see them and then they got matched up to you and they even said that one of the problems in their beta was that everybody was standing on top of each other and the game got confused of who to try to match up with who. It literally is supposed to to walk up to the person you want to challenge and you had to stand within vicinity of each vicinity of each other um, uh, no they didn't have rollback anywhere <laughs> it was delay based netcode the entire whole time uh, the whole entire thing so the delay based netcode also messed up the lobby as well which is why you would see people floating across the different floors uh, but again, uh, yes, uh, while the system will favor you fighting people on, the f on your floor, every once in a while you'll get matched up to people on other floors. This is this just how it should work. You should just randomly sometimes get matched up to people on other floors. You can even make it a big deal like in, for example, a game like Teppin, which I've been playing a lot, that, you know, there's a giant killer match. So when you fight someone on a floor above you and you get a giant killer match, uh, you can fight them, you'll get extra points for winning. The loser doesn't lose any extra points because then otherwise everybody would just run away from giant killer matches. And uh, that allows people who are at the top to also play people from lower floors. So that's kind of the idea right there. Um... And also, I'm pretty sure the lobby system had a lot more that was going to be added to it than we saw. I saw the section that was listed as Realtor, and I feel like that that leads me to believe that they're planning to add a bunch of other stuff, like buying virtual property and being able to create actual like lobbies. It, like, like, what if you could buy a house and make it your lobby? And you could design your lobby and put your own decorations and stuff in there and then invite people into your lobby. I think that would actually be really, really cool. And it would add to the charm of the way that the lobby system works. Again, I'm not, my goal here is not to tell them to rip and destroy out the lobby system, but find ways to make the lobby system work. 
you know, and then you can actually have your casual lobbies where you invite people take place in your home. Instead of you creating just a room and people jump in, you actually get to create kind of like the Street Fighter dojo backgrounds, except now that's your lobby. So people get to run around your home and check out the lobby and stuff like that. I think that would be really, really cool. Um, let me see, where am I here? Uh... When people get matched up, however, they should automatically teleport to a spot on the floor and begin the battle animation. So when two people actually are wandering around and you do get matched up, the two of you should teleport to a particular area and you'll do that battle animation where you guys fight against each other. But let people walk up to you while they see you fighting and be able to spectate you. So ranked matches has one thing is that you don't get to actually spectate matches in ranked. But wouldn't it be cool if you could spectate matches while you were waiting for your match to be made? So in other words, you could be walking around this lobby, you see two people fighting, and you're like, you know what, I really want to get into a match, but I'll watch this match in the meantime. You go spectate them, and while you're spectating, it says, a match has been made, and then you can go and play somewhere else. I think that would be a really cool idea. So that way, you can spectate while waiting for a match at the same time. Uh, so that way people will buy their time waiting for matches by watching the matches in the lobby, promoting more of the wandering and the crowd buildups, right? So one of the cool things about the lobby system is that you had like these crowds or you would have these corners of people and it felt more like a grouping of kind of things. And I, I think that's a neat idea. I like that feel. I understand what they're trying to go for. Uh... If they have some sort of system where you can gain in-game money, you can buy different avatars, you can buy different accessories for yourself to wear, your avatar to wear. You can also buy a lot of different items that you can throw uh, into your house. And when you go and watch a uh, match, when you go spectate a ranked match, maybe you can bet on one of the players or something. You can, you can bet on them, bet some of the in-game money on them. Just kind of add a little more fun, enjoyable, interactive stuff to the ranked matches. I think uh, that, that would actually be cool. Um, you can also allow people to specifically challenge other people you run into on the floors, right? So like I said, if you draw your weapon, you're automatically being challenged to whomever is out there like a ranking system should. But if I'm wandering around the lobby and I'm wandering around and I run into Ultra David is in my floor, I'm like, oh, hey, let's play some casual matches. So if you do run into each other, you can fight intentionally, but those fights should not affect rank or else it's too easy to rank boost friends. This is one of the most dangerous things about a ranking system, allowing you to challenge whoever you want. Again, I think this comes from the inexperience that the Guilty Gear team development team has with online ranking systems and online battles. By letting you see who your opponents are, it's very easy to have someone go up to a floor who's really really good and let them let his friend beat him to rank up and then that guy can slowly get their rank back up and then just keep doing that it's very easy to rank boost people when you know who you want to attack um and then uh so if you play against your friends maybe what you can do is wager items like hey i have this really cool 
thing, very unique item in my home. I have this cool soul statue. I really want your Milia statue. And so you wager the soul statue versus the Milia statue and you fight each other. Whoever wins gets the other person's prize. You know, since it's friends, it's kind of like a grudge match. You won't feel like you're losing something to a stranger and it won't be very, it won't be as frustrating. When they challenge each other, a big giant sign should appear above them that says grudge match. And then other people on the floor can go, oh, cool, a grudge match. I want to watch this. Put away their sword. Walk, go and watch a grudge match and listen to the guys trash talk each other or something like that. You know, just be able to watch the grudge match. You can set the grudge match to best of five, best of three, you know, something like that. And so that way, you know, if someone decides to set a first to ten between two people, a bunch of people will jump on the floor, walk, walk over there and watch. And then if you're just a casual guy jumping into the lobby and you show up, and you see off on the third floor on the chandelier, there's this two guys fighting. It says grudge match. And there's like seven people surrounding it. You're going to be like, oh, sick. What's going on over there? And you'll run over there and want to go watch too. Again, creating more of that community online environment within the rank system, within the existing lobby system that you already have created. Again, my goal is not to destroy everything, but doing all this kind of stuff makes it so that it is more about moving around in the lobby area. You could probably put little goofy mini games in the lobby area that you can play while you wait. And I think uh, it's I think it would be a really, really cool idea. The arcade lobbies in Exert, uh, Naughty Senpai, um, it was great. But remember, those were only for the casual lobbies. The ranked system didn't have that. Right, the rank system was just the same thing, was just a bunch of menus. They're trying to turn the ranked experience into something a little more graphical and community focused. So the goal here right now is to figure out how to accomplish that goal and make a ranked system work within the community environment that they're trying to craft. That's the goal here. So the casual lobbies, like I said, with the arcade cabinets will get replaced by if the real tour thing is, my guess is like you can buy a house and create your own lobbies. It will still be that way. You'll still have your own house with your own machines that you can go and play up, play in against and everything like that. But, you know, for the ranked system, they're trying to come up with something a little bit different. Uh, so, uh, again, my aim here isn't to demolish the lobby system that they have, but to tweak it and make it more accessible and more fun for the players to experience while achieving the goals of a ranked system, of what a ranked, uh, system is supposed to be. Right now, fundamentally, the lobby system is flawed because it is not promoting a proper ranked system in favor of this community aspect. And like I said, I, I, I am all for the community aspect. I, I'm all for what they are trying to do with the lobby. And the goal is to make that lobby system work, not to demolish it and drop us back into everything that we've done before. Uh, if you do it that way, and uh, if you're a person who prefers menus, then essentially you jump into a floor, you whip out the sword, and you just sit there and it's the same experience you had in a rank match. Now you're just slowly waiting for yourself to get matched up to somebody. That's it. That's it. I've also suggested that you should be able to put on VR goggles while you're on the lobbies that takes you to a training mode so that you can actually 
get you know do training mode while waiting for your ranked matches and you'll see the uh, you, you know the character avatar on the screen will just be standing there like swinging at nothing with a VR headset on their head and that lets you know they're in training mode and sigma nuts cat butts to mares 103 and that lets you know that they're in that kind of situation. If someone's spectating, you'll see them kind of doing this, like a Street Fighter character in the background. You're like watching a spectating match, so you know you can't just challenge them directly. Or maybe you can challenge them directly, but you know that they're spectating a match. So if they don't respond, it's because they really want to see the conclusion of a match. You know, and so on and so forth. So you create this community aspect, but maintain all of the ranking stuff that you would naturally have. The floors would be a replacement for the labels of warriors, you know, you know, master, warlord, whatever, diamond, platinum. The floors would be a replacement for that. Maybe add a few more floors. And, uh, but you can still challenge between the floors and everything. So again, it's all about creating this lobby system that works, but also works for those who just want a menu. Because like I said, then you just drop into your floor, you pull out the sword and you sat there and you sit there and you wait until you get matched up, which is exactly what we do right now. Uh, which is how the menu system essentially works. So let's go to the gameplay now. Let's go to the gameplay. Some people have complained about the loading times uh, for the game, uh, how long it actually takes when you see the bird just kind of flying there. Again, that I will not judge until the final product. Load times are one of the last things that ever gets shored up in video games because they need to know what assets are used the most, what to compress, what not to compress, all that stuff. Loading times are optimized towards the end of a game, so I'm not worried about that right now. If load times are still bad by the time we get to the final release, which is very possible uh, given time constraints and everything like that, but uh, as a result as it is, I'm not going to worry about it right now until the final product. Now. Let's start talking about the UI. The UI, everybody hates the UI. And yes, the UI definitely needs to be altered. And oh, shout outs to Xiao for the gift subs here. Oh, even got one to Corey Bell too. So uh, Sigma Nuts cat butts to Xiao, Sigma Nuts cat butts to Hayamo, to Gigi Sensei, and Sigma Nuts cat butts to Corey Bell. Thank you, Xiao. Uh, much appreciated for the gift subs over there. And uh, the UI. The UI of the matches. Again, I understand that Daisuke or the entire Guilty Gear dev team wants to make sure all of the info for your character is in one place to make it easier to see all your info that you need quickly. But that is conceptually flawed. The way that they've implemented it is flawed because one, your tension gauge is at the bottom of the screen, meaning it's not congruent with the idea of putting all the data in one place. So in other words, since the tension gauge is down there and risk and burst and your health are all up here, it doesn't make sense that you're trying to put all the information in one place when you're failing by default with the super meter with your tension gauge at the bottom of the screen, right? Secondly, because the portrait moves, you actually have to look in a different place every time to find your information. So it actually makes it harder to find all your information. And lastly, the UI for burst and risk is really small. And so it actually takes a little more effort to parse at a glance 
And so that's actually not convenient at all either. Once we start playing in tournaments and we're playing on small little monitors, that's even gonna make it harder to see that information. So uh, I really do not like the way that it's designed. And yeah, Scorpion's Pupil is right. The game HUD is clearly designed for player three. So Daisuke, this is what I wrote exactly. Daisuke has long wanted to make sure it was easy to tell whose health meter was whose. Given that in the past games, the sprite of your character was literally reproduced and scaled very small into the corner of the screen for certain versions of XX. You know, I feel like this is a problem that Daisuke has been trying to solve for a long time. However, I don't think it's going to be solvable in a way that will work well. So as I said, if the tension gauge is at the bottom of the screen, it will always break the goal of putting all the information in one place. So either you'd have to move the tension gauge up, tension gauge up with everything else, or just accept that not all the info is going to be in one place. So I think it's actually better just to do it that way. So instead, what they can do is put a headshot in the corner of the screen, just like every other fighting game, right? But, however, maybe the goal then is to give the headshot expressions. So, for example, when the character get hit, the face grimaces. You know, uh, when they attack, they grit their teeth or, you know, get mad. You know, like they get mad. If they activate an overdrive, they can go, you know, kind of stuff like that. Uh, once they drop down to 20 health, they can start going, you know, kind of like that. Uh, oh, so I kind of heart side panels do that. Okay, there you go. Exactly, exactly. Um, and on the health bar, instead of having your portrait move with the health bar, just recreate the portrait, the neutral face. So, oh, shout outs to Richard Kuklinski, Sigma Nuts, Cat Butts. So what that does that accomplish, asks Harlequin, is that it ties the headshot and the meter and everything else to the character on the screen. If they swap sides, but as a casual viewer, if you see someone getting comboed and you look up, the guy getting comboed is going to be going, ah, 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 and the guy who's doing the combo is going, and you kind of get a, a, a better way to associate which character is on the life bar, etc., etc. That's kind of the uh, goal of that, is to tie the character. Because like I said, he's actually reproduced the sprite in the corner before to make it obvious who it is. So in order to know whose life bar, whose information it is for the third player, as, uh, as, uh, who, 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 uh, as Scorpion's pupil mentioned, you can do it that way. And it's less expensive than recreating the entire model up in the corner, which is far more expensive animating four models at the same time. There's no reason to do that. So if you have the portraits tie it by having what they're doing match the expression on their faces, that gives Daisuke that solution of giving the player, the viewer an easy way to tie which character is which. So if, even if you have a Kai mirror match, if you have two Kais and one Kai is beating up on the other Kai, one Kai is going to look happy, the other Kai is going to look like they're in pain, and that kind of makes it a little bit uh, easier to understand. Um, <laughs> uh, the, the colors could be there to match the respective avatars, but again, my concept is that Daisuke doesn't think that this is good enough. This is where I'm approaching it from. 
I'm trying to help them come up with an alternate idea to do something more that will satisfy what he's been trying to accomplish, in my opinion, since XX. Again, this is, this is not my goal of trying to roll back everything Daisuke is trying to do, but in order to try to help him to, to accomplish these goals, right? So again, you know, then you can put the risk and burst gauge under the meter of the, guy, of the face like they were before. Actually, the risk gauge would actually be moved under the meter. Find a way to put the UI there, but now the, the player three can associate the character with the headshot and with the meter as well. Uh, you can also, uh, and then the way that I suggest it is when the meter, when your health starts draining towards the middle, uh, take that headshot, reproduce the headshot on the life bar itself, like sitting here on the life bar. So while it drains the KO, so if I'm player one and my life drains like this, the edge of the life bar will have a headshot attached to it so that it'll drain slowly like this and the headshot will eventually reach the empty, and when it does, that means the character dies. And because that headshot is gonna match the headshot in the corner, it becomes very obvious that this person's headshot is this person's life, and so now you tie the life bar to the headshot to the character on the screen for player number three. In fact, you could even do everything differently, put the headshots in the middle of the screen, like here, with the timer above them, the burst and the risk gauge is here. Now all of the information is here, and when the life bars drain, they drain into the character's headshot, so it makes it a lot more sense, and when the life gets low, maybe that person's headshot can start flashing red or something like that. I don't know, or just like slowly pulsating red. But that puts all of that information literally in one spot. The timer, the burst, the burst, the risk, the risk, all right here, and the life bars draining into them all in one central location. It's going to be different than what people are used to because people aren't used to seeing the headshots on the side and they're used to seeing the burst and risk on the side. But if you put everything in the middle, it's already a big change to make a moving headshot along the life bar. So if you're willing to experiment that much, I think putting the headshots in the middle of the screen with the timer, the burst, and the risk, and having the meters drain into the headshots uh, is a big change, but at the same time accomplishes what the developers are trying to accomplish far better than having the portrait move along with the uh, life bar, with the risk gauge, and the burst gauge, uh, etc. Um... I don't know, uh, Brysep. It might not be a Daisuke decision. It might be higher-ups decisions. I'm not sure, but I've always felt like Daisuke kind of had a lot of control over his own franchise, so I'm not 100% sure. And again, Green Oni, there is not uh, a direct thing of what they're trying to accomplish. It sounded like what Daisuke wanted to do, he, he did clarify in one meeting that it wasn't necessarily about simplifying or dumbing down the game. It was more about making it so that legacy players didn't have as much of an advantage before. So he wanted to change it up enough that everybody would be kind of learning at the same time. Again, while I appreciate that goal, I don't think he accomplished it particularly well. Um, I like the combo counter. I'm one of, probably one of the only people who actually think the combo counter is kind of cool, and I don't see it. 
I actually am very good at ignoring it and not seeing the combo counter when it gets to 18 and having this giant 18 on the screen. However, uh, I do understand that a lot of people have different brains and for a lot of people out there who do have very sensitive vision or have kind of a, you know, potential, I don't, I don't want to call it epilepsy problems, but like there are people out there who are very sensitive to, to, to those kind of things. Um, it's not great. It's, it's not great. What I think that they should do is make it not zoom in quite as much as it was before. Uh, but maybe what I was thinking is of instead as the, as the combo gets bigger and the numbers don't grow as fast and grow very briefly like this. And what happens is then uh, an aura around the number grows. So you see kind of like a circular line, like a very opaque circular line kind of grow that like pulsates and, you know, kind of like this. So it's not a giant number on the screen, but you see this big pulsating thing and maybe even inside the circle, the aura is kind of shaded, kind of like the combo meter is now. So you do get the sense that something is growing really, really big, but it's not this giant one eight with this really awkward font of one and eight inside the, 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 the numbers, but you get the same kind of effect of this aura growing and the numbers growing a little bit slower. Uh, but as most people said, they don't really seem like that they're noticing the combo counter when they play. I didn't. Some people say that it's very distracting for them. And so I don't want to just sit here and say, it's fine to me. Uh, I understand that, like I said, a lot of people have different, like even with like uh, fluorescent lights, some people can't handle fluorescent lights because they can literally see the refresh rate on them and it gives them a headache. That doesn't happen to me, but I know a lot of people who have actually had that kind of situation. Um, so, like I said, that's kind of a compromise way to have the combo meter grow just very briefly, like very small, but having this giant aura start filling up the screen the bigger it gets. Um, what else did I write here? Uh, let's see here. Uh, combo counter. Uh, I said I really love the visceral feel of the game. I actually like the counter hits. I love the zoom ins and I love the slow motion because whenever you hit somebody, God, it feels, feels so good. <laughs> it feels so good. Like when I hit someone with a towards heavy punch with Potemkin, Boom! And it was counter. It was just like bam! Ah! The slow. Like it felt good. It felt good. However, uh, they're going to need to put a little bit of leniency on the buttons and on the timing and everything like that if they continue to do this. The constant changing of speed of the game can be hard to navigate. For example, in this example uh, that I gave with the towards heavy punch, and I hit. A lot of the times if I wanted to do towards heavy punch into hammer fall, that's a very specific timing. So I have to hit towards heavy punch, hold back, let it hit, wait until the end of the hit stop, and then do the hammer fall. However, if I try to use the timing of that normally and it hits with a counter hit and the game slows down and everything gets all weird, a lot of times I try to do the hammer fall and it doesn't work anymore. 
and I can't get it out anymore. I don't know if the slowdown changes the charge up timing. I don't know if you can charge during the slowdown, etc. These are all things that I would have to test with uh, training mode. But as it was, every time I did towards heavy punch, having to react to either it slowing down or not slowing down to get the hammer fall was kind of annoying to have to deal with. So ways that you can fix that is that if you're charging and a counter hit hits, if you let go of the charge, you don't actually lose the charge. You can actually just go back and, and re-maintain the charge. So if I hit him and I do this and it eats my inputs because slow down, I don't know if it does. Again, I would have to have training mode and test it, but you can just kind of go back and maintain the charge or just make it so that your charge is always the same timing, even on counter hit, you know, these kind of things. Um, same thing with after the Potemkin Buster. Every time I Potemkin Bustered and hit the guy, I tried to Roman cancel after I tossed them so I could whiff the Mega Fist and get the juggle. But I could never time it properly. I couldn't get my Roman cancel to time properly. And if I double tapped it, a lot of the times if I did it too late, I would double tap Roman cancel and then whiff a button. And so I, I couldn't do the combo that I wanted to do. So after the pop buster, the slowdown was really awkward. Maybe give us a buffer timing so that once we Potemkin Buster in that frame while he's frozen there, when you hit the buttons, it would not register because of the freeze. It was like, bam! And it's like, here's the emphasis. But when I Roman canceled, nothing would come out. And then he would toss and I try to Roman cancel, my timing was off. So maybe add a little buffer space that if I hit him and then I Roman cancel, he automatically throws and Roman cancels at the first frame possible. Again, this might be something that you just practice a lot in training mode and it won't be hard after a while. But again, it's just one of those awkward things that the slowdown is actually affecting the gameplay and, and causing a little bit of problems. Uh, some people uh, have complained about the camera angle changes uh, during the counter hits. I actually didn't notice this at first, but then again, I was using Potemkin. My combos were very short. I never really had to do anything particularly long, so the ca camera changes probably didn't affect me at all. Uh, but that, it is kind of messed up. Uh, do not change it. I mean, if you change the camera angle a little bit on a counter hit, like, pow, have it go, boo, camera change, and snap back. You know, so that way, keep the zoom in, but keep the camera angle flat so that it's very obvious to tell what the distances are. Um, let me see here. Since they removed air recover, combos would all be true combos. I think you can actually uh, not flip, or did it flip you automatically? I can't even remember, Shao. Yeah, there was no, like, gray beat combos anymore, right? I can't remember now. Um, in terms of gameplay, so that's the UI of the fight. The actual gameplay, the biggest complaint I have is the Gatling system. You know, while I understand wanting to make it different so that the old combos don't work and people now have to have a larger variety of combos based on their starting button, because the nice thing about this is that as uh, Keats mentioned on the Tuesday show, you know, making it so that if you start with a punch or start with a kick or start with a slash or whatever, you had to have a different combo path every single time that you start with a button. So you got a cool different variety of combos. You had a better variety of combos. When you do allow for the Gatling system to be as uniform as it, as it was in past games, which it wasn't exactly totally uniform, but I'll get into that a little bit later. But when you have it a little more uniform where you can go punch, kick, slash, heavy slash, all combos would get normalized down the same path. 
And if it is their goal to try to make it so that players go down different paths and do different combos all the time, I think it's actually uh, possible. I think the way that the Gatling system works right now is super complicated, and I think it's completely beginner unfriendly, and I think it'll make it so a lot of people won't want to play it because they're like, I don't understand this. So I think it's very dangerous, the path that they've decided to go down with their Gatling system. I would not make the Gatling system the work the way, work the way it does right now. Instead, I would make it so that everybody could do punch, kick, slash, hard, slash. Easy. 5P, 5K, 5S, 5H. I would make it so that uh, you can also do 2P, 2K, 2 slash, 2 heavy slash, or something like that, and just have it so that you can do the basic Gatling chain. Anytime you chain into a command normal, like a towards S or towards kick, that ends the Gatling. So if I do punch, kick, slash, towards, you know, punch, kick, slash, 6K, that's the end. If I do punch kick into 6P, that ends the Gatling. I think it's very simple and it gives everybody the ability to just do punch kick slash heavy slash or crouching kick, crouching slash, standing heavy slash, a very basic thing to have. The way that I think you can compromise it is that what you can do is you can set it so that anytime you Gatling from a punch to any other button, that's not a six button, that any other button, or if you're Gatling from a kick to any other button, you really, really up the hit scale, the, stu the stun, the, the, the damage scaling. You really scale up the damage scaling. So anytime I do punch, kick, slash, punch to kick, damage scaling, kick to slash, damage scaling, heavy slash, and now the combo at the end does very, very little damage. So that actually helps and makes it so that when you're playing at the beginner levels, because everybody's gonna rely on that at the beginner levels, the damage is gonna be significantly lower. They're gonna have the opportunity to play the game and learn the game at a lower damage because they're using unoptimal combos. It's a it's a win-win situation. It gives them the ability to play a longer match by using unoptimal combos. But then, once you actually start getting into the higher levels, you know as a better player that I don't wanna do punch, kick, slash, heavy slash. I wanna do punch, punch, six punch into special move that keeps the scaling much lower. Right, it's an auto combo. Basically, that's what I'm trying to create is an auto combo but by having it still be through the chain system. And so uh, the smarter players will still do things and still do things like Kai crouching punch link into crouching kick. So if they link it, then they maintain the damage. Whereas if they chain it, then they reduce the damage scaling. And of course, Guilty Gear is unlike Marvel. You can't chain any time during the move's recovery, at least not that I was aware of. So linking from punch to kick won't be as hard as it sounds. Like the distinction between a link and a and a uh, chain won't be as crazy. It'll actually uh, make sure that it works. Um, so you are giving players that would use the option, the incentive to use the worst option, teaching them how to play wrong. Yes, because that's actually how you learn how to play fighting games. <laughs> this is how you learn to play fighting games. To be honest with you, 
fighting games, no matter what game you create, no matter how you design your fighting game, the way you learn at the beginning, you have to unlearn a lot of the things that you learned at the beginning to get to medium level. And once you get to medium level, you have to unlearn all the things that you learn at medium level to get to the high level. At the beginning level, you do random stuff. You gotta, you, you just have to find your pet moves. You have to just do stuff to get used to the system and the flow. Then you start learning the logic. By the time you actually get to the middle, you have to start unlearning all of the logic because you uh, get, you, you basically will die. Like there's no, there's no way around it. <laughs> and uh, that's the thing. I don't think that there's quite a way around this problem. And that's one of the hardest things about fighting games. You can put it in a tutorial that says this is your option and we recommend you do this option to get used to the game at first. And then, because the, the thing about it is, the problem with fighting games is if you want to learn everything the right way at the very beginning, what's going to happen is information, 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 information. And the person trying to learn the game is just going to be like, help me. Buried under all this information. You have to give the players the ability to do like 70% of the things wrong so that they can focus on the 30% things that they can do right. So that way, once they learn that 30% correctly, they can move on to the other stuff and actually stuff. So if you're sitting there trying to learn how to do uppercuts and stuff like that, why do I have to sit here and also learn all of my optimal links or learn how this crazy Gatling system works? I just want to be able to learn how to uppercut in a combo. So I just want to do punch, kick, slash, heavy, slash, uppercut. And that's fine. That's fine if they're not learning the optimal combos. I try to tell people this all the time. Stop trying to optimize everything that you do when you play fighting games. So I don't think... Uh, see, I, I don't necessarily agree with that because you're pairing weak players with weak players, Harlequin. So those people are going to be fighting against each other. And then as they start learning stuff and getting better, they'll fight people who are better, who are doing different commas. And, they'll, and now the player are like, why are they doing more damage than I'm doing? Oh, wait, there was that one thing that they mentioned in that one tutorial thing. Oh, he's doing this combo because it's more damage, but he's already learned how to navigate uppercuts, fireballs, blocking, learn how to air dash, kind of things like that. I... I, I I basically feel like that you need to learn things gradually, basically. You have to gradually, you have to learn things gradually. Um, right, it, it's, it's kind of like what Sensei says, right? It's one evil over the other. And it's hard to it's hard to get right because, like I said, a lot of times I, when I try to teach fighting games, you just end up inundating them with too much information, and it's too hard for them to play. Uh, I've had people tell me that they wanted to learn Rufus's one-frame link combos because Justin does it, and I was like, "Don't learn that." I was like, "You're trying to learn fighting games. Don't." I mean, like basketball, right? If you're playing basketball. You don't teach people how to dribble behind their back right away. You just teach people how to dribble the damn basketball. 
And while they're learning all the wrong things about trying to play basketball, eventually they'll just get better at it and start learning. And then they're ready for a lot of the better things, right? You're not going to teach someone how to do a fadeaway jumper right away. You know, they have to learn how to get the regular jump shot down before they can start doing any of this stuff. And it's not going to necessarily be ideal. <laughs> they're too busy shooting half-court shots. <laughs> Uh, uh, well, that's the thing, is you are going to have some right. You are going to have some right. Because like I said, you're taking away the crazy Gatling system, letting them do the less damage Gatling so that they can actually feel like they're doing something, be encouraged, and actually practice canceling into uppercuts. That's right. Practicing the uppercuts is right. Actually trying to punish people when they miss an uppercut or when you hit them with a combo is correct, right? I'm sitting here learning Tekken. If I launch somebody with my king knee, I'm not going to go for standing four into micro dash into down forward four. I can do it, but I'm not going to because it's harder to do than, than just doing uh, forward three which I can land consistently. Yeah, I'm not getting the biggest damage, but the thing is, at least I'm getting my combo the time that I need to combo. So by having access to an easier target, com a Gatling combo, you are at least teaching people how to hit people and take advantage of it once it starts hitting and finishing into a combo. You're gonna, they're going to naturally learn hit confirms. They're going to naturally learn a bunch of stuff like that. Um, that's the key. They are learning correct things. The incorrect assumption you're making is that by giving them the easy Gatling system that they're not learning anything correctly. But what they are learning is a bunch of stuff that they're not even aware of that they're learning. You know what I mean? It's, it's such a big difference uh, as, as opposed to, okay, learn how to do an uppercut. Oh, now you got to learn this crazy link combo. Now you got to learn this. Now you got to learn this Gatling system. Now you got to learn. Like I would just say, use this Gatling system for now. It's not the optimal thing, but use it because it'll help you grow into being a better player. That's kind of the point. So uh, that's the whole idea of it. Um, and yeah, exactly. Uh, there is a lot about that is that a lot of times you learn what the right thing to do is because you do start figuring out that what you're doing is wrong. That is a, there's no better way to teach someone than to have them learn themselves a lot of the times. And that's how a lot of the fighting game players went. And by giving them access to something that at least lets them do something good, then they can go back and learn the harder stuff and then fall back on the easy stuff when, they, when they're nervous and don't have the ability to land the crazy link combo. Like if they do with Kai 2P and now they got a link into 2K and they're like, God, I'm not confident in this. They'll have the nice ability to do the target combo. And I think uh, it's kind of a uh, better way to do that. And again, Bryce, this is not throwing people in the sharks. Throwing people into the sharks is throwing them in there without the Gatling system because now they have to learn the Gatling system and they have to learn how to uppercut and they have to learn how to hit confirm and they have to learn how to block and they learn how to air dash. By giving them a few simple things ahead of time, they can concentrate on fewer things and grow stronger that way and then go back and learning a few different things. Um... Anyways, I'm sticking on this too long. I should just make this into another whole entire uh, chain reaction episode. 
Um, so uh, again, that's kind of how I would handle that situation. I would also make it so that uh, those chain combos, anytime you go from punch to any of the other buttons, kicks to any of the other buttons, that they also do not increase the risk gauge as much. Um, but this will also bring back a little bit of the comfort for a lot of the expert players. Uh, this will bring back a lot of the comfort to the expert players to be able to do a lot of the things that they used to be able to do. And that also eases in the veterans as well, that they can still go back to some of the stuff that they're used to doing and then switch over to the better stuff later on as well. Uh, the damage is too high. Pop Buster should do 40% damage to Chip, not 60% damage. Dying by three Pop Busters will still make a Pop Buster feel good. <laughs> So you don't need to have it kill them instantaneously. <laughs> um, uh, I do think that the meter buff that you get for breaking the wall is useless because the damage is so high. Because by the time you break the wall, usually the guy is dead. And so your meter buff is barely useful. Uh, I still go by the idea that if you break the wall, you should either build your entire burst gauge or maybe even build a tiny chunk of the burst gauge, like build like half the burst gauge, build 100% of the burst gauge, something. Because then people with low health will potentially, you know, even if they know they can drain 90% of the enemy's life or break the wall with like 50% of their life, maybe they'll break the wall to get the burst back. And that will also mitigate the damage a little bit uh, as well, because then you'll have people bursting a little bit more often People won't die as fast, and that kind of mitigates the damage as well by increasing the number of bursts. But, you know, bursts are a weird one. Uh, although it would be kind of cool having more bursts because that means more people can bait bursts, which are always hype as well. Um, that's kind of the idea. Um, let's see here. What are people talking? Yeah. I mean, I agree with stupendous. Some people just don't have the discipline to learn. I tried to teach my friends who are fighting game players to play Guilty Gear, and they were just like, this game is too complicated. I don't want to learn. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, you guys played like CBS too. And they're like, yeah, we don't want to learn. It's just too, it's too complicated. <laughs> and it's crazy. Um, let's see. Uh... <sighs> Let's see, people worry too much about giving me the tools to be good too much. We should be giving them the tools to have fun and enjoy the game. Yeah, uh, Guilty Gear is typically great at that. Every character has some hilariously degenerate stuff that every beginner player needs to learn how to get around it. It's fun to exploit the stuff and it's fun to learn how to get around it. Right, that's the one thing right now is that because the game feels the way it does, and I've talked about this before, is that, you know, any time, if Potemkin, if I'm fighting against my friend who's not very good and I'm playing Chip and he Potemkin busters me one time and drains 60% of my life, he's going to be talking about that Potemkin buster for the rest of his life. My friends already do that. Every time they've landed something crazy stupid on me, they then, they like, it's something that they'll never forget. 
right? These, this is what the goal is for fighting games. This is the goal for fighting games, especially if it's like Smash Brothers. They'll be like, remember that time I got the gold hammer and I killed all three of you guys like in the free-for-all? Like, yeah, for the experts who like prefer actual competition, you're like, golden hammer's random, it's stupid, it sucks, it's op. But for that person, they'll never forget that shit for the rest of their lives, right? Because it was glorious and it was amazing. And you have to create that experience for players. That's what's missing in fighting games right now, is we are not creating those glorious experiences for fighting games. And Strive is actually the closest one to getting to that point right now. And that's actually one of the things that I like about Strive. Right, the golden hammer moment will convert a casual player to a, a casual to a player. And Sigma nuts cat butts to say no to weaves. So that's the thing. That's what we're. That's what I'm trying to help accomplish over here with the with the developers. Uh, so, like I said, uh, you could allow them to break the wall, gain some burst back. So that will also give people more chances for them to feel like they can escape these big damage combos. Feels like that gives them more chance to return to neutral, even though they're going to die anyway. The combos are a little bit shorter uh, in the game, although there are long combos. So although we will see less combos finish that way, it's not going to be as problematic because we already aren't going to get the crazy jump install, missed finer level three, you know, missed cancel dust, missed can you know, We're already not going to have those combos in the game. So robbing people of being able to land awesome combos uh, isn't going to be as kind of a, a, a painful experience as much. So uh, I think that works out. Uh, it would be interesting to increase the number of bursts and leave the damage fairly high. Uh, but in summary, uh, the biggest problem that all the gameplay issues I have add up to is that the game doesn't have an identity. A lot of complex things are toned down, like the faultless defense canceling with Faust and Chip, and there's no more air combos and such, but the character's still feeling distinctly Guilty Gear, right? The characters still feel kind of Guilty Gear, and there's still a lot of crazy things that these characters can do that are very hard to, to handle. But then the Gatlings are a lot more complicated, so the game isn't going to appeal greatly to veteran Guilty Gear players because it feels dumbed down, but it's not going to feel good to newer players because it doesn't feel like it caters to them either. It's going to feel even more complex. The honest truth is that fighting games are complicated, and there's almost very little we can do about it. But as longer matches and more hype moments... Oh, but as the game stands, it's in a very awkward middle ground where the audience of the game doesn't actually exist. Lower damage means longer matches and more hype moments. Having a more freeform Gatling system allows players for more creativity and options. Going for lower damage combos that lead into better setups, for example, or going for more corner carry, for example, or to try to get a wall break to build up a burst would be cool decisions for players to have to make. But by having those options and choices for players to make it, that promotes unique styles between the different players. I don't mean like longer, longer matches, Ocean from Blue. I mean longer matches from what it is right now. <laughs> 
because the matches are too short right now. Uh, I should not be able to kill Chip by going, Bottom game, Busta Pow! Hammerfall, cancel, he jumped, super, he died. <laughs> like, that shouldn't happen. That shouldn't happen. Uh, again, I'm not sure who the game is being made for right now. Uh, veteran Guilty Gear players will be upset at losing a lot of complex stuff. And new players are still going to lose most of the veterans, lose to most of the veterans anyhow, because the game still feels very guilty gear. The game is suffering from dual identity of one cohesive vision. It's two ideas battling each other and nullifying each other, making a game that isn't quite made for anyone. Well, I actually do think the combo system is great right now. I mean, the combos have some good variety and there is actually making, uh, there is some cool variety and creativity. Freeing up the system a bit can't hurt anyone. Give us more jump cancels into air combos. If people have trouble performing jump cancel combos, program in buffers so if they hit up and then a button, that button comes out on the first frame of the jump automatically. Uh, but that still lets us do cool combos and lets people get more creative. These types of freedoms will bring more players in and gives newer players something to strive for. And since veterans thinks these things are fun, the players who stick with the game will also learn to have fun with these systems. So basically the experts will stay because they have the cool things and the newer players will actually go, eventually I want to learn that and then they will and that actually rewards them. It's not an accident that veterans enjoy these things and have stuck with the game. You know, the people who have stuck with the game are the ones who enjoy it. So don't take away the things that they enjoy is essentially the idea. You take things like that away, you are essentially fracturing your community into a new set of players as opposed to building on top of the players that you already have. Uh, jump canceling in this beta worked as it did before, but there were very, 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 very few jump cancels. Uh, in this game. Very, very few jump cancels. Not a lot of people could jump cancel moves. Um, let's see. Uh, uh, I don't think a beginner should know how to combo right away. I don't think a beginner should know how to combo right away either. But being able to do punch, kick, slash, hard slash is kind of the wrong combo, right? Uh, strive is both. It's Lynx and Gatlings. You have both in this game. You have both. They both exist. Uh, both of them exist in the game. And the Gatling system is not very freeform. Punches can only go into six buttons. Kicks can only go into dusts. Slash, close slash can only go into heavies. And that's like it. <laughs> like, it's weird. Heavies can't go into anything. Uh, most things can go into towards, into six buttons. So like, uh... Uh, close slash can go into towards punch, for example, but it's very specific and it's, it's, it's very weird. <laughs> it's very, very weird. Um, I haven't gotten my hands on the same as I tries to make approachable, cool feeling and optimal, all very similar. It's just, it has too many ideas. Like I said, I've compared it to PlayStation All-Stars, which they wanted to be a fun, anyone can pick up game like Smash, but then a serious game with combos like fighting games. And in the end, the experts didn't want to play it. The casuals didn't want to play it. And you have nobody who wanted to play it. You just had this small group in the middle and that's where Strive is going to end up. The casuals aren't going to want to play this. The veterans aren't going to want to play this. You're just going to have this weird set of people in the middle that are going to want to play this. And it's, it's a very, very weird, situation and I'm not exactly 
sure, uh, you know, what their, their goals are all fighting with each other. Uh, they're fighting with each other. Yeah, exactly. The kill mechanic was bad. It was just not a good idea, um, in my opinion. So uh, that's just kind of how I feel about this whole thing, is that uh, with Guilty Gear Strive, I just feel like they're trying to do too many separate things at once. The goal of a fighting game early on is you should be able to feel good about the stuff you do. Again, it's not hard to throw a falcon punch. It is not hard to throw a falcon punch. But when you hit someone with a falcon punch, again, you will be talking about that falcon punch for at least the next month. Every time you and your friends get together, you're going to be talking about that falcon punch. Because it felt that good to hit somebody with, right? That's the part that a lot of fighting games are missing, is that they have forgotten how to make fighting games make you feel good. Strive is kind of down that path right now, but it's also obfuscating itself with weird Gatling systems, and then also removing some of the higher level stuff that will reward the players, because even though I love landing a falcon punch on somebody, falcon punch, pow, and you're like, I'm so sick. Then you watch a top falcon player do ping, 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 jump, falcon, pow, and you hit him with the combo and the falcon punch, and the casual player is going to be like, what the, oh, that, did you see, that was the sickest thing I've ever seen. Like, because you've had the visceral thrill of landing a raw falcon punch, and then you watch somebody do this crazy falcon punch combo, it gives you something to strive for. It's like, I wanna learn that now. So you give someone the ability at the lower end. It's not about simplifying about the game. It's not about dumbing down the game. It's not making it easier to play. It's about making what they do feel good. About what making what they do feel good. And then when they see someone do it better than they do, all of a sudden they want to learn that and they have something to strive for. You don't take away that combo. You give them something to learn, right? So it's like when you play basketball. Sometimes when you're a shooting slump, they say just seeing the ball go through the hoop can usually get you out of the slump. So sometimes even making a free throw builds back that confidence. When you're first learning to shoot uh, a basketball and you start making a shot, you feel good about yourself right away. You're just doing a jump shot, but you feel good about yourself. One of my friends who was trying to learn golf told me one time, the first time he hit that golf ball and it, he sent it flying, like he was at a driving range and it sucks, hit, bad hit, bad hit. The first time he hit it and it went all the way out there, he was like, oh my God, that felt so awesome. He's not going to be able to curve it around the trees or get it like 500 feet or whatever distance that golfers do and all that stuff. But the simple thing that he did felt good, right? This is the goal of fighting games. You got to make the simple things feel good. And then that keeps people in and then that makes them want to learn harder stuff. That is basically what I'm trying to get into right now. This is what I'm talking about. This is how I approach how to make fighting games. And again, I acknowledge that my view of fighting games now is drastically different than it was 20 years ago. Honestly, when I was Sejam's age, like I said, I tried to make a fighting game that was more complicated than any other fighting game that had ever existed and is what I wanted to do. And my friend told me, no one will buy your game. No one will play your game. And I was like, 
you know, you know, part of my friends. Where I was like, fuck you, man. This is going to be awesome. Well, it's great. It's great. It's great. All this stuff. But in the end, I, I, I understood that he was right. He's absolutely right. And, and, and the older you get and the more you understand about psychology, about people, about why people enjoy things, your vision changes about this. If I was 20 years old right now, exactly me, and was watching this stream, I would be yelling at myself. I would be like, this guy's insane. What the hell is he even trying to do? But at this age now, you really kind of understand is, you know, is, is it's, it's very different these days. It's very, very different. <clears throat> And uh, that's kind of how I approach things now. It's really changed the way I approach things. I am very, very uh, part of the minority, which is why uh, whenever I actually, sorry, Corey, I didn't see that you were trying to call me over here. Uh, <laughs> whenever I talk about things, that's why it's always me versus everybody else because not a lot of people are gonna understand my point of view and not a lot of people and I don't expect them to. I'm willing to talk about it, explain it, and accept the fact that they're not going to think the way that I do, but that's because I approach everything from a very different standpoint than what other people are trying to accomplish now. What I'm trying to accomplish is very different than what other people are trying to accomplish. I'm trying to find a way to get more people to play fighting games. And what the people who enjoy fighting games like when they are younger is not the thing that's going to make people play fighting games. Weirdly enough to say, weirdly enough to say, because you think that the player base of League of Legends is made out of majority of people who would have liked MOBAs? No, the majority of the player base of League of Legends is made out of players who had no idea that they would like MOBAs and probably would have never liked MOBAs but when they played it, something appealed to them and it worked to them and it turned them into a mobile player. That's what we're aiming for here. So if you talk about like, oh, hey, as a fighting game player, this is what I like in fighting games and you make your fighting game based off of that, no one's going to play your game. It's the same message that I was told when I was 20. No one's going to play your game. As a game developer, as someone who wants to get people to play your game, you have to approach it from a very different standpoint than just trying to appeal to people who play fighting games. And that's the way it works. So, uh, But the thing is, we're not comparing fighting games to League Super Moose directly. We're comparing it to the appeal of a video game genre on how to get people to play something that they didn't know that they might actually enjoy. Um, anyways, uh, this kind of went a lot farther than I expected it to. <laughs> I was expecting it to the, I was supposed to do the OK Sonic Boomer at five o'clock, but let's start it at six o'clock instead. So if you guys do enjoy these kind of talks, these kind of rants, it's kind of turned into an impromptu Jay uh, Unchenzord here of me talking about this. In fact, my Patreon article on Ultra Chen TV talks about a lot of these things. A lot of the stuff that I've talked about is in that article. Uh, so you might want to check that out once it becomes, actually, I think it is public now. It should be public after this last weekend, if I'm not mistaken. So you can check that out on uh, ultrachentv.com, I think is uh, the link that you can go and check out the public version of uh, that article. And it talks a lot about these kind of things. Uh, so, um, 
Yeah, exactly. The Daigo Parry has brought more people into fighting games than any beginner-friendly mechanics ever will. Exactly. Exactly. You draw more people in by watching LeBron dunk over everybody than you will by, you know, uh, watching, hey, look at this cool 18-foot jump shot. <laughs> and, you know, that's one of the complaints about basketball from basketball purists. But again... Is the NBA trying to market to basketball purists or are they trying to market to everybody else? And so as a person who's trying to get people to play fighting games, and again, it's not about dumbing them down. It's not about making them less complex because that's exactly the wrong way that you want to go. It's about making it so that people have something that they'll enjoy that hooks them right away to give them moments that they won't stop talking about. You know, Luigi's up B. If you get the sweet spot uppercut on somebody, you'll talk about that for a long time, especially if you do it to your friend who's obviously way better at fighting games than you. You know, if he lands that, then he'll be like, oh, good, I got you. Oh, dude, that was so sick. And the person who's better just kind of has to feel crappy and hold that. But that's a moment that that person will remember for a very, very long time. And that's, that's kind of the key. You inspire players by inspiring spectators, Harlequin. That's, that's, the, that's the absolute truth of it. Because the more you watch, the more you'll eventually want to play. The more I watch poker, the more I wanted to play with my friends. I was just a spectator. So all I did was watch poker, watch poker, watch poker. And then eventually I was like, dude, I want to play. Appealing to spectators is appealing to players. It's the one and the same, and it's one thing that we have to understand as well about developing the brand of the FGC. Uh, Tekken, fun to watch. Dragon Ball, fun to watch. Those got big numbers. Tekken is more fun to watch than it's ever been, and it's more popular now than it's ever been. Are those two things coincidental? I don't think they are. I think the fact that Tekken has improved its presentation has been one of the main factors of having more people actually playing Tekken. People are watching Tekken. That's some good-ass Tekken. They don't know why someone did a high crush when they were minus four or anything like that, but they just saw something sick, and they were like, that's so cool, and then they go play. I really think that it's one and the same. I really think it's one and the same. Uh, they did get new blood from cameos. It was a lot of things. Uh, there's a lot of things. Uh, but I really do think it's very important to appeal to the, uh, yeah, like Nomad Noah says, you build that spectator-to-player pipeline. Build interest in the community, and that's your next generation of players. The problem is trying to appeal to players right away is too short-term memory. Appealing to the spectators is the long-term goal, is the long-term play. Right? We're not going to get where we want to go by focusing on the short-term play. We're only going to get to where we want to go through the long-term play. Uh, Scorpion's Pupil, I really enjoyed this talk so far. I love your perspective on bringing low levels into fighting games. It's not an outlook you see in the hyper esports focus FGC very often. It's really refreshing as a game designer in Vancouver. I can guarantee it's a sentiment shared by more game developers than you realize. Cool. That, thank you. Thank you, Scorpion's Pupil, for that comment. I, I really appreciate that. Uh, I really appreciate that. So, uh, there you go. Uh, okay. 
Let's go to some OK Sonic Boomer. Let's talk about some old shit, okay? So what I'm gonna do is, uh, I'm gonna go ahead and end this. If you guys appreciate this content, if you're glad to see the return, boy, I had a lot of get out of my system over here, uh, being the first Chen reaction in a long time. I'm impromptu, unchensored over here. But if you do appreciate this kind of stuff, you know, obviously not streaming last week, my uh, subscriber numbers have plummeted uh, very heavily here. Uh, let's see if I can try to get back to 250. Like I said, I've got the cat butts now, so anytime my cats walk on stream during the Tuesday show or any of my streams and you see a cat butt, you can put the matching cat butt on the stream. And uh, those kind of things like that. I think that's uh, really, really cool. And yeah, I agree with you, Gundam Jehudikai. A lot of the mechanics used to bring in spectators have been detrimental to play in the game. That's what I've been trying to solve. If you actually listen to a lot of the things I talked about was how to find the true balance between appealing to spectators and appealing to players at the same time. In any case, I've talked about this long enough. If you have some comments on this, some pointed comments about this and want to argue with me about it, put it in the chat down below. And again, I love debating this. This is not about me being right or wrong. This is about me talking about my opinion, understanding your opinion, and trying to find an overall balance of everything and find the right way to do it. Again, I'm old. My perspective has changed. When people say you'll understand when you get older, it sucks, but it's true. <laughs> I realize that now, I, I know what that's about. And it's not that you become smarter, it's because you realize priorities change very differently. You stop focusing on what's best for you and you start focusing what's best for everybody if you have that kind of mindset, if you gain the proper maturity, I'll say that because obviously some people <laughs> present uh, do never outgrow that kind of thing, so. In any case, uh, oh, big FGC sale on PS4. Check it out if you guys see this. Thanks for tuning in for the Chen reaction. We're going to be jumping into OK Sonic Boomer. Don't go anywhere, guys. I will be right back.